You are listening to Legally Binding, a podcast brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law that is all about providing the business community with useful and practical legal tips and advice for growing and sustaining business ventures. For more information, please feel free to visit our website at www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. We hope you enjoy. Today, we are going to discuss opportunity zones. So um, opportunity zones are something that is, uh, it, it's a hot topic right now because it is a part of the, uh, the tax reform that took place at the end of last year, and it will potentially provide for significant investment within um, economically distressed communities. So the basis of the, um, of the change within the IRS tax code that allows for this is that uh, there was a desire to drive more investment into underserved communities in order to spur economic development. So um, the, the way that this occurs is you have an investment that you have held on to. And so whenever you invest in something, you have what's called basis in that investment. So that's the, that's the base price. So let's, so if I invest $100 in some stock, my basis in that stock is $100. Um, if that stock increases to a value of $175, then that $75 is what we call a, a appreciation. Uh, and when you sell that stock, you pay what's called capital gains on that $75. Now, what the, uh, the regulation um, is supposed to do, so what investing in opportunity zones is supposed to do, it is supposed to allow for a deferral of the tax that you would pay on those capital gains. So you start with $100 in stock, it appreciates to $175. You take that investment and you roll it into an opportunity zone, then you don't pay taxes on that 75. Now, the beautiful thing in not paying taxes on that 75 is that as that investment continues to grow, you will start to receive other benefits as you hold on to it. So um, the, the ultimate goal is to hold it for 10 years. So if you hold an investment in an opportunity zone for 10 years, then you then your basis in that investment will be adjusted to whatever the current value is. So that means you have $100, it appreciates to 175, you invest, you roll it over into an opportunity zone. Let's say it increases to 500. Now, Typically, when you sell, you would pay taxes on that full $400 gain. But if you hold this in an opportunity zone for those full 10 years, then your basis goes to 500, meaning when you sell that stock or when you, when you, uh, when you ultimately exit that investment, you pay no additional taxes on those gains. So this is potentially huge, but there's a, there's a big issue. Uh, and the issue is that these this change was meant to spur economic development within underserved communities. Uh, and if you go on the, uh, either the, um, uh, the IRS website, there is a map that you can find that shows where all of the opportunity zones are. Um, and they're, they're scattered across the, across the U.S. Uh, and so specifically, if you're looking for um, you know, Chicago or if you're looking for Illinois, you can go, you can search for um, where opportunity zones exist within Illinois, and you can see where you can invest. Now, these investments have to be made in tangible property, so either real property or personal property that, it is, that is used in a business or trade. Uh, but back to the issue. The issue is that the, it's meant to, and the advantage comes in 
investors that already have capital gains that exist. So um, that means that if you haven't currently invested and you don't have any capital gains right now, the provisions do not allow for the same type of benefits. But let's say that you, um, you, you have previous investments and you know of other individuals with previ previous investments. And now this does include um, a, any, any current property that you own. So if you do currently own real estate, um, that real estate has appreciated in value, hopefully. Uh, any, that the sale of that real estate is an investment with gains that, that you would be able to roll over into an opportunity zone. Um, but as um, you know, so because this is meant to help people in underserved communities, typically those people in the underserved communities are not the ones that are coming in with capital gains that they can roll over into um, into this economic development in order to spur the development. So that means that you will uh, essentially have a lot of money coming from outside of the community going into the community uh, in order to gain a financial benefit. Now, the one thing that is not seen within the uh, the regulations is that there there's there isn't a um there, there aren't set standards for any job creation that has to happen um there, there there are no requirements as far as what needs to take place in order for um that the the uh deferral on those gains to actually take place it's if you invest um in the opportunity zone then you receive this benefit now, as an investor, you always want your investment to yield returns, and typically those returns come with um, uh, be, with hiring more people because uh, a business that makes more money, that's the only time that you typically need to hire more people. Uh, so you want your investments to perform well because if they don't perform well, then what's the point of investing? Uh, but the way that these investments perform, meaning the way that they truly increase the, um, the, the viability of the community without changing the structure of the community, without changing the culture of the community, without changing, um, w w without, uh, you know, benefiting more the investor and those outside of the community than those within the community. That's going to be the main struggle. It's how do we uh, take on these investments because we, we need investments in, in these underserved communities in these economically distressed communities. There needs to be money that comes in, but how do we control um, the uh, the progression of those of those investments. Um, now, one way to do it is to be that business that's being invested in. So, uh, like I said, the investment has to go into tangible or real property. So, if anyone is looking to open up a factory, if anyone is looking to open up anything um, that is equipment heavy, if you're looking to completely uh, rehab or um, uh, or, or just reshape a building. Like those are things that that you can do. And as the business, as the owner, you can then take control of what that narrative is going forward, of what that investment does, how it performs, how it continues to improve the community. Um, and and one of the one of the other requirements is that the investment has to um, has to be put into tangible or, per, or tangible or real property uh, in a business or trade and the original function um, has to begin with that, with that opportunity um, zone. Well, okay, so back up a little bit. So the money first has to go into a qualified opportunity fund. So that means that you're not investing as an individual. You either start a partnership, you start, a, you start an LLC, you start some sort of uh, investment fund um, what qualified opportunity fund, and then you self-certify. So there's a new form that the IRS came out with 
Um, you, you, you establish the entity, you get people to put money in, you self-certified as a qualified opportunity fund. At least 90% of the funds held in that qualified opportunity fund have to be invested in, um, in an opportunity zone. Uh, you fill out this document, send it to the IRS, and that's the money that's used to invest in these businesses. So for those who have the money to roll over, you put that in a qualified opportunity fund, um, especially if you are from those communities or you're passionate about those communities, you use those funds in order to help spur that economic development. But if you're on the other side, you may not have any, any capital gains in order that you need to defer. So create those businesses, create those, those jobs, come up, with, um, come up with plans to sit in front of investors and, and show them how you can generate the greatest return on the deferral of those capital gains. Um, like I said, um, anything equipment heavy, anything that, that's heavy on, uh, on property. So if you want to open up some sort of facility, uh, if you um, if you want to if you have a business location in another area and you want to open up a second business within an underserved community, you can you can do that. Uh, and this is the time. So the uh, Dep U.S. Department of Treasury released the uh, first set of propo proposed regulations on um, opportunity zones, qualified opportunity funds and how they are um exactly going to be regulated. Uh, they released that on uh, two Fridays ago. I think it was October 9th. Uh, no, I think it was the 19th. I think it was this past, uh, last Friday. So um, it's, it's the first set of uh, proposed regulations. I think they're, they're going to have an actual hearing on the proposed regulations in February. Um, and so that will be the, the, the point at which uh, individuals will be, will be able to publicly comment on these uh, on these proposed regulations, say what they like, what they don't like. So, um, if you are interested in investing um, in an opportunity zone uh, by the creation of an uh, of a qualified opportunity fund, I, I highly highly recommend that you look at these proposed proposed regulations um, and see how this is going to work. See, make sure that you are truly going to be able uh, to realize the benefit that's supposed to come with, uh, within the opportunity zone. Um, maybe you're a connector. If you're a connector and you know folks with money and you would be able to um, facilitate that investment, facilitate the creation of that qualified opportunity fund um, that's then going to invest within the, the community, within a within an opportunity zone uh, to help spur that economic development. Uh, read the regulations, so connectors, investors, and then of course, of course, individuals that are actually going to be the business owners. Um, if you're currently operating a business within an opportunity zone, uh, there, there are ways that you can take advantage of this. Uh, as I stated, the, uh, the, either the, the personal or real property has to be either substantially improved based on by the funds of the Qualified Opportunity Fund, um, or the um, the business activity has to start with the uh, with the investment of the qualified opportunity fund. So um, there are certain ways that you have to maneuver within the regulations. But read the regulation, uh, connect with a professional that is tracking this, a professional that's looking to actually um, uh, help control and and ensure that the true that the true benefits are met. Uh, but most of all, stay educated. Once again, this has been Legally Binding, brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law. For more information, visit our website, www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. 
And of course, don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media and subscribe to our podcast so that you can receive updates on each newly released episode. Until next time, we wish you continued success in life and in business.